Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold your breath. Wind power may be an industry which makes everyone worse off. First word. First a denier, now a contrarian, what sacrilege will I commit next? I can already see in the corner of one eye how this column might discombobulate climate change alarmists and green energy propagandists in the country. As Times readers should know by now, I am an unreconstructed climate change skeptic or denier, i.e., I do not subscribe to the United Nations dogma of climate emergency and climate apocalypse. With this column today on the subject of wind power or wind energy, I will enter the suspect ranks of contrarians, those who take a contrary position or attitude to what most others believe. I quote here recent reports that place in a cloud of doubt the feasibility and sustainability of the proclaimed commitment of the Philippine government, through the Department of Energy, DOE, to wind power development as a major source for the nation's energy requirements. I publish this commentary well aware that our government may already have crossed the Rubicon by committing the nation to the development of onshore and offshore wind power in the country as a key policy and program for meeting its energy requirements. PH Wind Power Projects The DOE announced in October last year that it was aggressively pursuing onshore and offshore wind power projects. Investment portfolios, contracts and memoranda of understanding have been signed or deployed toward the end of March and the first week of April this year. The archipelago will promote wind power side-by-side with solar, wave and geothermal energy sources. Four new projects have been aligned and are ready for implementation starting in the second half this year. In October last year, the DOE issued 40 Wind Energy Service Contracts, WESC, with estimated total power output of 10 gigawatts, GW. To date, an additional 17 WESCs were sent out, adding another 42,000 megawatts, MW, to the total potential capacity there is an estimated 178 gigawatts offshore wind power potential in the Philippines, according to Energy Tracker Asia. Given the track the investments are coming in, it is claimed that the country has the potential to install 21 gigawatts of offshore wind power by 2040. This can produce about a fifth of its electricity needs by that time and meet the expected power demands by then, according to a joint study by the DOE and the World Bank. The DOE said that it had inked three contracts with a Danish fund manager, Copenhagen Infrastructure New Markets Fund, SIMV, which is the first foreign firm allowed to have a 100% interest in Philippine offshore wind energy. This project, with a total capacity of 2,000 megawatts, will be located in the areas of the country where the winds can produce the highest capacity factors. These SIMV projects are located in the South Luzon provinces of Camarines Norte and Camarines Sur in the Bicol region, some 479 kilometers, km, from Manila, in northern Samar in the Visayas, 820 kilometers from Manila, and in Pangasinan, 210 kilometers, and La Union, 266 kilometers, in northern Luzon. The SIMV service contracts have a 25-year operating period. The three projects are expected to offset about 2.9 million tons of CO2, carbon dioxide, emissions per year, and power about a million households, the DOE said. Aboides Power Corporation, a large tech conglomerate in the Philippines, announced that it continues to look for partners to develop 3 gigawatts of power from offshore wind projects.
Aboides has partnered with Norwegian Skatik ASA to take a portion of the 178 GWh WestPi and is keen on developing 2,400 MW of wind energy projects in the Philippines in the next 10 to 20 years. Torbjorn Elliot Kirkaby Garstad, Skatik General Manager for Southeast Asia, said the projects, worth billions of dollars, were already secured. In October 2022, the Norwegian Embassy held Creating Currents Together, a maritime and energy conference where the Norwegian ambassador-designate Christian Halas Leister highlighted the consulate's role in the Philippines' carbon-neutral ambitions. Norwegian companies and investors can play a very crucial role delivering renewable energy solutions to the Philippines. This for example includes developing offshore wind and floating solar, in addition to LNG, liquefied natural gas, as a transitional source of energy, Leister said. It all sounds pat and very hopeful but now I must report that there is another side to the story that has not been reported. There are questions to ask that need to be answered. Shakeout in wind industry. In a report entitled Wind Power, Blowing Up, published on November 4, 2023, Andrew Stutterford, editor of the National Review's Capital Matters section, wrote on the problems and shares collapse of top wind power operators, many from Scandinavia, and the resulting cloud of doubt that hangs over wind power as a viable energy industry. He wrote, If there is one symbol, more than any other, of our glorious green future, it is the wind turbine, slayer of birds, bats, landscapes and, some say, whales, workhorse of the renewables revolution and linchpin of the new sustainable economy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Facts, however, didn't follow the script, and now the talk is of the taxpayer having to give, another, helping hand to some of the wind sector's players, safely ahead of the awkward moment, give it a few years, when electric vehicle, EV, manufacturers start stretching out their begging bowls. I recently wrote about how Siemens Energy, a manufacturer of wind turbines, had gotten into trouble, plagued by technological problems, Chinese competition and rising costs. Its stock has fallen by 60% in the last six months. I also noted that Ørsted, a Danish company, which among other green energy-related activities, operates wind farms both onshore and offshore, it is the world's largest offshore wind power developer, appeared to be running into difficulties. Its share price too has collapsed. He quotes from a New York Times, NYT, report, November 1, 2023, on the latest shakeout in the wind industry, on how high inflation and soaring interest rates were making planned projects that looked like winners several years ago are no longer profitable. After plans to build two wind farms off the coast of New Jersey were scrapped, Ersted said it would be forced to write off as much as $5.6 billion. The NEET said this could put a crimp on the Biden administration's plans to make the wind industry a critical component of plans to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. On November 2, 2023, 
The Financial Times reported that S&P Global Ratings said it was placing the Danish company's long-term ratings on Credit Watch negative saying the severity of the $5.4 billion losses, including $4 billion in impairments, was larger than anticipated and that it had concerns over the project management issues this reveals. Seabed Leases Writing in the New York Times a few months ago about the difficulties faced by wind operators in the U.S. and beyond, Stanley Reed and Ivan Penn explain one underlying problem. The procedures for obtaining the rights to build wind farms vary in different countries but often involve an auction of seabed leases followed, sometimes years later, by agreements that set the price paid by power companies for the electricity generated. It's thus not hard to see why, in a more inflationary, higher interest rate economy, it might make economic sense, despite penalties and sunk costs, for wind operators to walk away from projects to which they are already committed. Best guess, from now on, most contracts will be structured in ways that either reduce such mismatches or properly prices and the risk that comes with them. That probably will be, more, bad news for consumers. It's also worth looking at the efficiency of the wind turbines themselves. Intermittency problem. The key problem, intermittency, the wind doesn't always blow, is well understood. What's less well known is that wind droughts can last for longer than is generally realized, and that they can be compounded by dunkel flot, or, for those who prefer something less Teutonic, anticyclonic gloom. Typically, this occurs in winter, when sunshine can be elusive. There's a good reason why reducing humanity's reliance on the weather has traditionally been regarded as progress. Intermittency implies the need for backup. This and other issues were discussed by James McSweeney, clearly no friend of wind turbines, in an intriguing piece for the critic earlier this year. He wrote, The, British, government has bet the house on undersea cables with other countries solving the intermittency problem with periods of high wind in Denmark compensating for periods of low wind in the United Kingdom, for example. A similarly inspired German team recently looked into this idea, only to conclude that even at a European level, dispatchable backup capacity of almost 100% of the nominal capacity of all European wind turbines has to be maintained. In other words, for every 1 megawatt of wind energy capacity you build, you need to build another 1 megawatt of reliable generation to back it up. That means twice the power stations and many more transmission cables for the same amount of electricity. That sounds expensive, and it would be, the on and off nature of being a backup can, as McSweeney explains, add to that cost still further. If fossil fuel-powered backups are to be phased out, the alternative would, absent sufficient nuclear power stations to replace them, be battery storage. U.S. battery storage capacity is increasing, but much more will be needed. McSweeney concludes his article thus, at some point, politicians are going to have to choose between propping up an industry which makes everyone worse off, and riding out the financial storm of writing off decades of public and private investment. The sooner policymakers face up to this, the more damage can be averted. Don't hold your breath. Yenobserver at gmail.com